0: Wonderful song. What a joy it is that God is with us, Uh, but what an even greater blessing to know that He's not just with us, He's ahead of us, He's in our tomorrow. That was a great song, and what a blessing it was. I wonder this morning, how many veterans are here today? I just want you to raise your hand. How many veterans are here today? Hold your hand up there just for a moment. Uh, all across the crowd are veterans. Now, let me tell you what's going on in a veteran's heart right now. Because there are because there is war going on in Israel, many of these folks feel a greater, if I can use the word anxiety, a concern, uh, The same is true of police officers and firemen when they know that there is uh, action, activity, danger that's going on, there's an alertness in their heart and in their mind, and um, it's good to be in church this morning. I'm so thankful for our soldiers, I'm thankful I saw the pictures of Benjamin Netanyahu with his soldiers as they were preparing to go into battle. Uh, what a fearful thing, and what a, what an awesome thing, as I've read, of generals uh, that led men into battle. And it's a serious matter. Uh, in America, we've got this idea, just just go back to work, go back to play, just forget it all. I, I don't think that's what the Scripture says to do. I, I think the Scripture says, lift up your head. I, I think the Scripture may encourage us to turn the video game off and the ball games off and say, hey, there's a few more things more important than ball games going on in our world today and I'm not against sports, I'm not against that but I'm gonna tell you we've lost our sobriety to the realities of life and uh, my heart is heavy for those in Israel uh, this morning and everyone involved in that so I'm gonna preach a message this morning and my heart's desire is not to preach a message but to accomplish a task You you, you see, to go to church and hear, it's all right to gain knowledge, but we're not here just to gain knowledge today. We're here to get instruction on what to do, and so I want to preach today on drawing near to God, and I want to challenge you this morning to have a greater desire to grow near to God, to grow near to God. I want to pray, and then we'll go to our text passage this morning. Heavenly Father, my heart is heavy, and my And my mind is sober to what's going on because, Lord, anytime Israel is involved in conflict and war, it does, in fact, affect us. And then, Lord, as Americans, we realize how much the world looks to America. And, Lord, what a mess we're in as far as our educational institutions and the things that are being taught by some and and, and oh, how we need revival. And Lord, the thing that we need is to draw near to you. I have a great task ahead of me. And Lord, it is an overwhelming task. And without the aid of the Holy Spirit, I cannot accomplish it. And Lord, we don't come to church just to be here. We come to hear from your word. And help me as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In Psalm chapter 73, the psalmist is struggling with his desire, and I can't even say with his duty, to stay close to God. He knows that he needs to stay near to the heart of God. In fact, his best days in life, the psalmist, is near to the heart and the love and the warmth of God's fellowship. The psalmist's most difficult days were the days that he wandered away from the closeness, the intimacy, the sweetness of the fellowship of his dear God. Many psalms or songs of praise have been written about not just the greatness of God but his fellowship with the Heavenly Father. The psalmist wrote about the creation he wrote about the ability of God to sustain the creation, but he also talked about the sweet fellowship that he had with God. For example, he said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He talks about how God led him to the pastures to feed and led him to the waters to drink, and that picture of a shepherd loving a sheep he was talking about his closeness with the heavenly father and his greatest days were the days that he were close to God would you and I agree this morning that our best days are our days when we are at the closest fellowship with the heavenly father you see, it is, it is at that time of closeness that our fear is turned into faith. It is at that time of closeness that our anxiety is turned into a confidence in the person and the power and the promises and even the procedures of an almighty God. And would we not also agree that the loneliest and the most difficult days were the days that I wandered from the sweetness and the closeness and the fellowship of the Heavenly Father. I felt cold, I felt dark, I felt distance, and I felt lonely. That's what's going on in this chapter. Notice verse number 1. He begins in a positive note by saying, Truly God is good to Israel even to such as are of a clean heart. But then the struggle begins. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He declares that his faith is weakened Because he got his eyes off of the fellowship with God and he got his eyes onto the prosperity or should I say the seeming prosperity of the wicked. And he wonders in his heart and mind and he becomes envious of them and he becomes envious of the things that they do and the things that they possess. I thought of the song this week, the words say, Jesus sought me when a stranger, Wandering from the fold of God, Ah, but he to rescue me from danger, Bought me with his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, Daily I am constrained to be, Let thy goodness, like a fetter, Bind my wandering heart to to thee. The songwriter continued, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God of love, I love. Here's my heart. Take and seal it, he says, seal it for thy courts above. The psalmist said, My worst days are when I've wandered from the presence of God. My best days were my days that I were closest in my fellowship to the God of heaven now look at me my purpose today is to push us to pull us to lead us to guide us today to say I want to be closer in my fellowship to the very person to the very heart the sweetness the love and fellowship of my God he's a good God He doesn't just love us when things are going well. He loves you when you've gone astray. He loves us when we're out of fellowship. That's a wonderful God that loves us. And I want to say today, let's go away saying, I want to be closer to God today than I have been in the past. If we read this passage, we would find as he went into detail about his envy for the world. And he said, I, I had come to the place I was ashamed of my condition. I didn't want to say out loud how backslidden I was because I didn't want to discourage children from being close to God. I didn't want to discourage the next generation from being close to God because my greatest days were when I was close to Him. And yet my heart had wandered. Then he said, I went to the house of the Lord. Notice with me at this verse, verse number 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Now it's interesting to note after he goes to church and he realizes how far he was from God. He didn't know how cold, how lonely, how dark life had become until he came into that place where was the presence and the sweetness and the fellowship of God. And aren't you glad that this place is a special place and there's something wonderful that happens when the music begins and the choir begins to sing and the prayers are prayed and the fellowship has begun and we begin to lift up that wonderful name of Christ and the preaching of the Word of God it's an event like no other in our week time and the psalmist came to the place he said oh my I didn't even know how far I was from God and he says if you'll notice in verse number 21 thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins so foolish was I and ignorant I was as a beast before thee," he said I I'd I'd come to the place like I was a dumb animal he said I responded to being fed I responded to kindness but other than that I had no heart I had no care no love for God and then I went to the house of God and I realized how blessed I am to be a child of God how blessed I am to be on my way to heaven how blessed I am to have the love of God how blessed I am to have the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit that lives with with me. How blessed I am to have friends that go to church with me. How blessed I am to have a choir to sing and a preacher to preach the word of God. He said, I don't know how I became so foolish and ignorant. And then he continues, he said, nevertheless, I'm continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Now there's two ways to hold a child by their right hand. Let me show you something. Joel's my oldest. Let me use Joel as an example. There was a time when I would hold Joel by his right hand. I'll take your right hand. And I would say, yes, you are going to the doctor. You pull that way. And I'll, yes, you are going to school. Yes, you are. Yes, you are going to do And I had to pull him. And he said, God's always by my right hand. Sometimes he's pulling me. But sometimes Joel said, Dad, can we go fishing? Dad, can, can, can I shoot that gun? Dad, can I drive your car? I'm sorry, son, I can't hear you. What was it? <laughs> yeah, like the fellow said, could I borrow $10? He said, what? he said, can I borrow $5? He said, what would you say? He said, can I borrow $10? He said, ask me that in that $5 ear. There were times that Joel wanted to do something but there was a bit of danger but when I would take him by the right hand, he would go first. He would lead the way, and we would go together in sweet harmony. I'm glad that God has me by the hand. Sometimes he has to drag me where I'm supposed to be. Oh, but there ought to be times. And then I'm anxious to be in the house of God. That I'm anxious for the fellowship. And that's what he says. You've held me by the right hand. And then notice, he said, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire beside thee it reminds me that passage does when the lord jesus said to the disciples after the multitude had gone he had preached a message on following him and being a disciple of christ in the crowd and they took their fish and bread and they turned their backs on christ and they left and he said to the disciples will ye go away also and peter said to whom shall we go? And he is saying here, I had no place to go. Hey, listen to me. He said the devil didn't want me. He wanted to destroy me, but he didn't want me. It's sort of like what's going on in the Middle East right now. Those folks have no place to go. They're all friends and they all bind together till they need a place to go. And all of a sudden the borders are closed. They said, we don't want you over here. The psalmist said, I had no place else to go. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is my strength, the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I want to encourage us today to be close to God. And so I ask you the question, how is your fellowship with God today? And could I get you to take a step toward him? Could I get you in your mind and your hearts and even in your behaviors to be close to God? I want to give you a statement. When you are really close to someone, you do not have to get too far away to feel the distance between you. If you'll get a hold of that statement, and remember today's message by that statement, when you are really close to someone, you do not have to get too far away to feel a distance between you I'd like to tell you several stories I'll tell you just a couple to illustrate what I mean recently my wife and Laura and I visited with some friends in their home they face some difficult times in their lives and sickness and they're not family but they are friends like family We had the opportunity to see them for an evening a night and a morning we love them and appreciate them and we don't get to visit people like that often because of my preaching schedule and work schedule. I'm not complaining. That's, that's life and I love the will of God. We got to visit with our friends. We ate together. In fact, we ate and then we ate and then we ate. <laughs> Between bites, we talked about life and ministry and family and Talked about prayer. We prayed together. After our visit had come to a close and we had to leave, it was a visit that we all wanted to last longer. Did you hear what I said? Have you ever visited with somebody that you hated to leave and you wanted your visit to last longer? And they said, why don't you stay another day? And I said, I want to, but I can't. Well just let your wife and daughter stay then. I said, I I can't I can't leave them. They said, Well then we're gonna keep Laura anyway. And I said, All right, you can have her, but don't send the grocery. I'm just kidding, I didn't. After we left, we missed them. It wasn't an hour down the road. We text them, they text us. When we got home, we texted them, we made it safely, and we enjoyed the visit. And we had texted again the next day, and the next day, because we had become close. That's the way it should be with God. We should be so close to God that we don't have to get very far away before we start miss being in his presence. I worked at the camp this summer. My wife and I had the privilege and opportunity to work with our adult staff and our volunteer camp staff, and we loved it so much. Seven weeks, and I mean, it, it, it was a lot of work, but we absolutely loved it. I enjoyed all of the adult staff and everybody that worked hard and enjoyed the 30 young people that gave their summer to work, to watch those young people work. I mean, some of those guys, they're so strong they can pick up something weighs more than they do. I mean, if I can pick up half my weight, of course, which is a lot, if I can pick up half my weight, I'm doing good. And, and I'll say, will you get a hold of that and help me? And they just pick it up and throw it in the truck. We enjoyed the summer. We enjoyed the early mornings, <clears throat> devotions. We enjoyed breakfast. We enjoyed the work. We enjoyed the campers that came, about a 1,000, through the summer. We started coming to the end of camp, and I started missing them before we had even said goodbye. Are you with me this morning? We ought to be so close to God that when we're just a small distance apart, we start feeling it. When we left camp, they they started group chats. Don't tell them, but I hate group chats. Because one person asked a question. 30 different answers. And I don't know who to respond to. Nevertheless. It was a lot of fun. And already we've talked about next year. And we enjoy retreats. And the opportunity to come back together. You know why? Because we formed a closeness. I want to ask you a question. How close are you to God this morning? God's the one that gave his son. That you could have eternal life. God's the one that made Israel a nation, they were just a group of slaves. They had no army, they had no leader. God said, I'll raise a leader. Pharaoh said, you won't raise him on my watch. And God said, I'll raise him on your knees, what I'll do and god raised moses on pharaoh's knee while pharaoh was killing all of the babies saying no deliverer is going to grow uh, going to uh, come up in my time and god raised up a, a deliverer moses and he brought them out of the slavery of egypt he made them a nation and friend i want to say today everything that you and i have all that we are it comes from the heavenly father what a shame it is that we like the psalmist, We drift away because we get our eyes on things. He said, I'd become envious at the wicked. Then I went to the house of God and I was reminded... God's the one that gave you eternal life. God's the one that gave you the life you have to live, the breath you breathe, the mind to think. Everything you have, God gave it to you. The only thing the devil has ever done is try to take what God has given to you. We come to the house of God and we realize how important it is to be close to Him. I love the hymn that says, There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace near to the heart of God that's where I want to be that's where I want to encourage us to be is near to the heart of God I told a story some months ago probably about a year ago where artists were commissioned to paint their very best picture of peace and the various pictures were painted and were turned in to see if they could get the prize that was given for the artist that could paint the most beautiful picture of peace and there was some amazing pictures of tranquility some showed the ocean and waters and and they were all peaceful and the sun was shining and the colors were bright and beautiful and one after another and yet there was one picture and that picture showed a tremendous storm and the waves were crashing along the rocks of the shoreline. And you could tell from the picture of the, of the winds that were blowing and their effect on, on, the, on the trees, and, and the clouds were dark, and you could tell the storm. And you wondered, how does this picture peace? Ah, oh, but in the midst of that, in the cleft of the rock, was a bird sitting in the quietness and in the dryness and in the protection of the rock. And that bird was in complete peace because of the rock. I want to say this morning, yes, the storms have gathered around us. And yes, the winds are blowing and the thunder is clapping and the lightning is flashing. Oh, but there's peace because we're sheltered in the hands of an almighty God. What a fool am I to leave the shelter of those rocks. What a fool am I to leave the presence of an almighty God. And that's exactly what the psalmist is saying here. He said, I know that God is good to Israel, but I got my eyes on prosperity, and I forgot the blessings that I had, and I followed that prosperity to find that's where the storms are, that's where the difficulties are. The peace is in the palm of his hand. The, the peace is in the cleft of the rock. The peace is where Jesus is. I say to you today, you can't get away from the storm, but you can get to the closeness of Christ in the cleft of the rock. You can't stop the wind from falling and the, or the rain from falling and the wind from blowing, but you can get close to the hand and the heart of Almighty God. preacher how do we get close to God I'll give you these things quickly first of all let's draw near in our hearts and minds first Isaiah 26 3 that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee when I look at the wars the rumors of wars I hear of China and Taiwan I hear of Iran and Hezbollah I hear of Russia and Ukraine. And then I hear of these mindless folks that are living in the freedom of America. Paid for by the blood of the soldiers and protected by the hand of an almighty God. Cursing the flag that gives them, that represents the freedom they live in. Sometimes that frustrates me to no end. And in my mind and in my heart, I must race to that cliff. I must race to the hand of an almighty God and say, God, I am thankful. I am thankful that you are in control of all things. He gives peace to those whose mind is stayed on thee. The book of Judges, chapter 20, verse number 26, and all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even, and burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. They made the decision, I want to be close to God. I want to ask you today, teenager, I want to ask you, college student, I want to ask you, man and woman, where are are you in your relationship to the fellowship with God? Are you as the psalmist drawn away by the things of the world? Or are you close in fellowship with Him? And are you so close that when you begin to just leave you feel that absence and desire to be close again. Number one desire in your heart and mind. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse number fourteen, has been that Old Testament clarion call if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn from their sin and seek my face. I'll turn and turn from the wicked ways. I will heal their land. And oh dear friend, we must desire to be close to God this morning. Second of all, we need to learn of him in knowledge and experience. Come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's what Jesus said. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take of his cross daily and follow me. There's some who run from the cross. Ah, but dear friend, when you run from the cross, you run from the peace that comes from being in his presence. When you run from the cross, you run from the safety that comes from being in his presence. I say to us today, let's carry our cross for Christ, so that we can know the sweet fellowship with God. Paul said in the book of Philippians, in chapter 3, that I may know the fellowship of his sufferings. Then I want to say, you and I ought to read the Word of God. I want to challenge as you begin your business week tomorrow, you've begun your week right, you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing, you're doing what pleases God this morning. I would challenge you in the morning in some form to pick up this book right here and get you an old King James Bible and open the pages of this book and let the Holy Spirit of God speak to your heart. You'll find more comfort there than you will on any news agency. Now I know what's going on in our world but they don't give me any peace but this does. They don't give me any comfort but this does. I don't understand it all. And I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who wrote this book. I must admit, when I was a boy and every night when my dad would read the word of God, I didn't understand everything my dad was reading. But i tell you what I did understand. My dad believed this book. And my dad believed the God in heaven. Oh, there was a peace and there was a safety just from knowing that we had entered as a family into the presence of God. I challenge you, child of God, read the Word of God this week. Find a passage, find a book, and begin to walk through, begin to wade through the truths of the Word of God. Find His love and compassion and forgiveness and patience and long-suffering and mercy and grace. Find it in the pages of this dear book. And then last of all, let me say, sing the songs of praise. Boy, the songs of praise, don't they encourage us? Wasn't that a blessing to hear them sing a song, He's not just with you, He's in my tomorrow. Some of you may say, well, I'm doing good today, but I dread tomorrow. You don't have to dread even tomorrow, because God's not just in your today, God's in your tomorrow. That's what the Bible says. The songs, even that I quoted this morning, there's something special about the words of those songs. And then I want to say, you ought to spend time with God in prayer. Stand with me if you will. I'll finish preaching while you're standing up. Spend time with God. I I, want to challenge everybody to do something in prayer this week. I'd like for you to set a time that you would go to God and tell him this. Begin like this. God, I don't need anything. I'm not coming to ask for anything. Sometimes we joke. Children call or children show up. What well, you need? Sometimes we just, you know, all of us are like that. Sometimes we just need to say, "I don't want anything. I didn't come to ask for anything. I just come to spend time in your presence because I want to be near to the one who loves me." Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to.